Episode 133, Two Ways to Get More of What You Want. Welcome to How to Glow, where we get real about building the marriage of your dreams. I'm certified coach Kayla Levin, and I help married Jewish women go from surviving and overwhelmed to thriving and connected through practical tips, real-life inspiration, and more than a little self-awareness along the way. Hi, friends. Welcome back. Happy to be here. I'm pretty sure I've done some version of this title like four or five times, but sometimes I, th- I, I, I feel like when somebody is new to either or is just reaching out for help for the first time or is for sure new to my work, it kind of can come in like two versions. There's like two buckets, right? One is I'm not getting what I need. And the other is he's doing something I can't stand, or there's something that I can't handle in the relationship. Right. And so I think because it comes in those two ways, I keep circling back to this in different ways, but I'm really excited to share these two tools, wherever you are in your relationship, even if your marriage is amazing, This will apply to any area of your life. So I want to really encourage you to give it a listen and also give it a try. I've got some homework for you this week. Um, Before we get started, I just wanted to give you this update because I'm so fascinated with the research about social media and dopamine and addictive behaviors. And um, one of the things that's been like nagging me for a long time is that most of the time when I read research, I like want to put it into action immediately. I am like an implementer. (laughs) I'm not a thinker. Like you give me an idea. I'm ready to go. Right. If you like know the whole, like a masculine, feminine, Jewish qualities, like very feminine in that way. Right. Like give me an idea. I am in into implementation ASAP. The research is very clear that when it comes to social media, it's detrimental to our mental health. Um, but I've always been like very torn and I brought it into coaching several times. And the last time that I brought it into coaching, my coach was like, yeah, I think you should just stop. (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? I'm on social media for business and for work and all these things. She's like, yeah, but it's not actually even whatever. She went through the whole, like from her business perspective, what she thought it's really not where I get most of my clients. The vast majority of people I work with come from word of mouth, either recommending the podcast or recommending my coaching. So thanks, by the way, for that. That's like definitely the best way to get clients. That's amazing and such a an honor and, you know, um, hopefully not too much of an ego trip for me. You know, social media is not really the main place. And so I was like, okay, I guess I always thought I had to, but I guess I'll just give it a break. So I took the apps off my phone, my, my, my smartphone. I have a smartphone and a kosher phone. The smartphone's for work. So I took the apps off my smartphone and I blocked them on my browser and decided I would just leave it open Motzei Shabbos. So on Motzei Shabbos, if I decided I wanted to go and check anything, I could do that. The first week went by and Motzei Shabbos came and I was reading a book and I was like, yeah, I'd rather read my book. (laughs) It just didn't go back on. Um, The next week went by and with the exception of one blip where I got totally like off track and checked, um, then I just blocked everything again (laughs) and then was off. It's really been a really interesting experiment from like the coachy side of me, right? From the side of me that's really interested in the research. I noticed, first of all, that my ability to sit and read long form 
outside of Shabbos, like almost like my brain switches on Shabbos, but outside of Shabbos, my ability to read long form is not what it was. And I could feel that tension of like reading a couple paragraphs and then kind of like getting antsy. I was like, okay, this is definitely a good reason for me to stay off a little bit longer because reading and researching is a huge part of what I consider my job and what I do and what I care about and what I get really, really excited about. Like I'm the kid who, when my parents would say, where do you want to go? We would go to Barnes and Noble and I would go to the psychology section and I would be like, Hey, there's a book on, you know, personality disorders. Let me read that. That was what was fun for me. Yes. I'm a big nerd. If you haven't learned that by now, I just want to share this with you, not to say everyone has to follow. And I know also I have a ton of listeners who are not on social media at all. So You can just use all of this to pat yourself on the back and see how great your brain's doing compared to the rest of us. But I did want to say that it was really amazing how much a week did and how much I noticed in a week and how much um, calmer my brain felt um, and how much easier it was to focus. You know, one of the things that I've seen in the research using smartphones and specifically social media can cause our brains to mimic the symptoms of ADD or ADHD. And so it's actually part of the research that I do as a coach is to study ADD and ADHD because so many of my clients, whether they have a diagnosis or not, are dealing with brains that are sort of in that state because they're constantly dealing with the sort of distraction and high level input. Not to say that it's the same as a diagnosis. It's not the same in a person who has a diagnosis is experiencing something different. I'm not trying to to say that it's all the same but the symptoms can be, can have some overlap there anyway. So it's been a very interesting experiment. I would just say for you, if it's something that you're interested in, the reason I didn't do it for so long was because I felt like I had to make a final decision. I decided not to decide. I decided I was just going to not go on during the week. And I still have ways to sort of publish and see messages from business platforms without actually seeing the feed. You'll see that if you're on there, I still publish the podcast. Um, I just am able to do that without actually going on. And I might go back on. And if you're also thinking like maybe you could use a little bit of a break, but you don't know if you, sh- you, you keep setting the bar like really high, like I'll, I'm just going to get rid of Instagram or I'm just going to stop, you know, I'm going to stop like, I don't know, for a year or whatever. Consider making it something that's just so doable, like maybe even just saying today, I'm not going to go on social media. Let me just see what happens. Because I think what one of the most interesting parts for me is that after a week, I had no desire to go back on. And I was able to also see what triggers me to want to check social media. And if you heard my interview with Chava Naidich, who's an OT, and she's fabulous. I really recommend everyone listen to this interview. It was episode 88. So she talks about self-regulation, which is so big for us guys. If you get overwhelmed by your houses, if you get overwhelmed by your husbands or by your kids, go listen to episode 88 with Havanaida. She's really amazing. And one of the things that she said is people often go onto social media when they're dysregulated, but you should only go on when you're regulated. Because if you're already dysregulated, then that's where we get into these like really fiery conversations or like things just really bother you or you get annoyed with things. And that's exactly what I found is that the only time that I actually went on over those two weeks was when I was feeling extremely dysregulated from something that happened outside of the world of social media. And guess what didn't help <laughs> going on social media. So, um, so yeah, so that's just my intro. I just wanted to give you that update. I think it's really interesting. I think that I'm seeing a lot of the research come true in my own brain. Maybe that's confirmation bias, maybe not. And I definitely want to encourage you that if this is something you want to try or in any area of your life, 
just bite off a chunk that's doable. Don't put something on the table for so long because you're, you're, you're pushing it off because the amount that you consider valid is like just way too much. Like I thought I had to make a decision yes or no for the rest of my career. So I just didn't do anything for a really long time. Okay. So that's not at all related. Although I'm sure if your brain is healthier and happier, you might get more of what you want, but that's not related at all to this week's episode. So I just want to give you these two things, these two small adjustments that will make such a big difference in your life, in any area where there's something that you want that you don't have right now, something that you want that you're trying to get more of, right? Just wanting to feel more satisfied, more of a specific thing in your life. The first one, and this will sound so basic, but it's amazing how often we skip over it, is knowing what it is that you want. Have you even stopped to articulate it, to identify it? Or do you notice yourself just kind of in this like reactive muck of dissatisfaction? Are you clear on what the thing is? And part number two is going to give you some clarity on why we don't do that. Why are hesit- why we have a hesitation to articulating, why we don't just naturally say like, oh, I think if I had more of this specific thing, then I would be happy. So when we get to part- tool number two, you'll see why. But when you are clear on what you want, then it can put you into a very proactive state. Our brains like to be busy. So if we give it a problem to solve, then it will get to work solving that problem. Is it perfect? Will it just go to work and you never have to do anything again? No. But if you're clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish, your brain will naturally start to work on it. If you don't give it a problem, then your brain will interpret that to say, please brain, could you go figure out what the problems are? (laughs) And your brain will look around your house and tell you what the problems are with your house. And then it'll look at your children and tell you the problems with your children and look at your husband and tell you the problems with your husband. And most of all, it will look at you and it will tell you everything that's wrong with you and let's solve these problems. So I recommend pick a problem that is worth solving. Not the ones your brain just proposes. Your brain will just come up with like, I think this is what's wrong with life and with me and with everything. Don't choose those. Those That's just your brain trying to keep itself useful. Choose a problem that if it was solved, would give you more of what you want in your life. Go with that. So it gets us from this reactive state to this proactive state. To figure out what you want, right? Get clear, getting clarity on what you want. I want you to consider some of these questions. What is a meaningful goal for you right now? So much of our life comes in phases, especially as Jewish women. Right. Recently, I feel like I've just been talking to different people in all the different phases, right? Like, did you just send someone off to school for the first time? Did you just have your first baby? Did you just find out you're expecting? Did you just find out you lost a baby? Did you just get married? Are you about to get married? Like these are all phases. And I didn't even mention jobs or moving, like all the other things. Asking yourself, what's a meaningful goal for me right now will honor the fact that you are in a phase and it will give you an answer that will accommodate, right? And speak to the phase that you're in. What are you yearning for? Is there something that just keeps coming back up for you? Do you need to give it a little bit of time and space to make itself heard? 
This is a little different than something that you constantly spin out on. And we've talked about that on the podcast before, right? Sometimes we just like get into a negative state and we just complain to ourselves and we just obsess and we just get like, oh, this is not a, this is not good. It's different than what I'm yearning for. Okay. And so just kind of asking like, what is it that I really want? Um, I love this question. I didn't make this one up, but if you knew that you would succeed, what would you try? Is there something that you would be doing if you didn't think that you couldn't do it successfully? And the last one is what would delight you in this phase in life? I want to encourage you to spend some time writing. The way I recommend to do this is to write what you want your life to look like either five or 10 years from now. Pick far enough ahead that your brain doesn't have to worry about how to get there. And I like to do this by describing vignettes, right? Describing like little scenes of what my life would look like at that point, sitting on the porch with my husband and a glass of wine at the end of the day, or arriving at work and being excited about the programs that I've initiated and the people that I'm helping, or being the one to pick up my toddler from playgroup and then giving her a snack as I walk her to the park, right? These are very, very different types that you might, some of these might speak to you, right? Some images will speak to you and some of them are just like, no, that's just life, right? What speaks to you? What gets you excited right now? So this is the first piece, right? The first piece is really just giving yourself the space to articulate what it is that you want. Part number two or tool number two is being ready to be happy when you get it. I do know some people for whom this comes naturally. I'm so happy for them. <laughs> Most of my clients would not fall into this category. So, and I think that my listeners often don't. Now we all have phases and stages in which we are very, very positive and grateful. And I think that that's such a wonderful mode for us to be in and one that is worth striving towards. And gratitude is definitely something that can be cultivated. But I think it's an intentional practice for most of us. and. For a lot of us, the reason we're not articulating what we really want is because there is a fear of committing to being happy once we get there. Because what if I get that and then I actually wanted something else? Or what if I get that and it's not as good as I thought it would be? And if you've been listening to coaching a little bit and you've been understanding the model that I use, we understand that actually hitting a goal is just a fact in our life. Hitting a goal is just a circumstance. Feeling happy is going to come from the thoughts that I think once I've hit that goal, it's not going to come from hitting the goal. And so it's up to me to decide that once I get there, I will be happy. This is why you have people who wait and wait and wait and wait to get married. And they finally get married and they're like, wait, I thought it was supposed to make me happy. But if their thoughts aren't happy, once they got married, they're not going to be happy. Right? So the commitment is really to manage our minds on the other side of that goal, to be willing to be happy, to be ready to be happy if and when I achieve that. And the thing is that I think that there's really no point of a goal if you're not willing to do that, right? And so maybe that's why we're not setting so many. Maybe that's why we're not thinking proactively because we can't trust ourselves that we're going to actually celebrate ourselves on the other side of it. Most of us can identify if we're willing to be honest with ourselves that 90% of our life is amazing. I can always, um, I always think of this example that I heard in a share years and years ago that someone was saying that even, even the king of the most powerful country in the world 
still had to sleep on a straw mattress if you go far back in time, <laughs> not even that far back, right? Today, probably all of you are not sleeping on straw mattresses. How about indoor plumbing? <laughs> right? Like billions of people, millions of people went through life with, with no indoor plumbing. That was just a fact of life. And we don't have to do that. Modern dental care, that's what I feel very, very grateful for. Our lives are so good. And I'm not saying this, this is important. I'm not saying this to invalidate if you're really struggling right now or to give you guilt if you're really struggling right now. Absolutely not. Th those are different episodes than what we're doing right now, right? Right. Now we're doing right now is really proactive and like focus on where I want to go. Okay. So if you're struggling, I want you to give yourself the space and the compassion for what you're experiencing, right? And sort of put that piece to the side from the goal setting that I'm talking about at the moment. If we can experience pleasure from all the good that we have in our life right now, and yes, that might even mean getting a cavity filled as opposed to just having someone rip it out with a wrench, then we're only going to be more motivated to pursue our goals because we'll know that we will experience that pleasure when we've achieved that goal, right? We need to learn to experience the pleasure now to sort of give ourselves that insurance, that guarantee that on the other side, we'll experience the pleasure there. I want to give you just one last thought to consider. This actually does, that's really funny. This does tie back into the whole social media conversation a bit, which is that today, one of the things about living in the world today is that we have access to really, really high level hits of dopamine. Okay. We have processed food. Nobody could just binge on blueberries <laughs> until they were happy. I don't think there's enough blueberries for that. I mean, I love blueberries but they don't hit your brain the same way that refined sugar hits your brain. And I'm not saying don't eat refined sugar. So bear with me. Social media, parts of how Facebook is designed is based off of the slot machines in Las Vegas, right? The waiting and the anticipation, and then the hit when you see the like or the comment, and it's all forms of social media. And I, WhatsApp is also social media. Watching TV or movies, are you getting a thrill from that that you're not getting from other areas in your life? Is this what's most exciting to you? What is most exciting to you in your day? What do you most look forward to? Is it one of these dopamine hits or is it escapism? Or are you getting pleasure from your life, from what's really happening in your life? Here's your homework. I want to encourage you to spend some time getting clarity on what it is that you want to pursue. Um, if you're a davener, I think you should daven about this. If you are a writer, you should journal about this or do both. You could talk to your husband or friends if that's helpful for you. You could just think. I think writing is super, super helpful. And I really want to encourage you that if what speaks to you right now is a very mundane type of goal, to honor that. And if the goal is outrageous, and seems kind of ridiculous, and you're not sure you could hit it, let's do that if that's what's exciting for you. Because who cares if you don't hit it? Let's just write it down. I would really love to support you in this. I'd love to support you in achieving these goals and clarifying your goals. I have a group program. It's a group membership. It's a monthly membership. There's no, no long-term commitment. 
And at the end of every month, registration opens for the following month. So registration will be opening for January at the end in just a few days from now. It's called How to Glow. And if you want to get any information about it, you can go to kaylalevin.com and just click on where it says work with Kayla. I would love to have you inside to have you join us to help you work on some of these goals or to troubleshoot along the way. All right. So have an amazing week and see you back here next week. Bye-bye.